Hello and welcome to Dirty Laundry Season 2. My name is Tara Stewart. I am a DJ and presenter of the new music show on 2FM. In this series, I'll be exploring all things slow fashion and sustainability. I love clothes, like love, 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 love clothes. It's my way of expressing myself, but the way I and so many others consume it has to change. So I want to learn more about the world of slow fashion. I'm going to be inviting guests I think are doing great things in their field. And I want to bring you on this journey with me so we can come away with a new fountain of knowledge and maybe make some changes to our lifestyle. In this episode, I talked to fashion designer and founder of sustainable, size-inclusive, slow fashion label We Are Kin, Nagani Chikwenengere. I found We Are Kin through Instagram over lockdown, and I just fell in love with their designs and very timeless classic pieces. They are also one of the very rare sustainable brands that I found that are size-inclusive, so I decided to reach out to Nagani for a chat to pick her brain on running an ethical company and to see how she got started. I found your label, Kin. Kin is how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. So, um, I found your label, Kin, through um, a, a girl I follow on Instagram. And she was wearing this beautiful pink dress. And I was like, oh, my God, that is the most beautiful thing I've seen. And I love <laughs> pink. You can probably tell from my hair. Um, and then when I looked at the, um, your Instagram, your, you know, your labels page, Kin, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I loved it. And kind of fell in love with the designs. I also then kind of researched on the website and you're really size inclusive and then, you know, kind of had, you use also like Irish linen in some places as well, which I think is amazing. Um, I found you then through the Instagram page. I was like, wow, that's the designer. That's who makes the clothes like that. And so, you know, you can literally see the chain, you know, it's two steps. And so that's why I was really excited to support you. Um, and that's why I'm really excited to have you on as guests. So, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, can you tell me um, what Kin is? Um, so We Are Kin is a women's wear label. And I studied um, fashion design. I probably worked for some of your favorite labels. And then I was speaking to my mum's godparents and they were like to me, you're young, you've got no husband, no children, nothing to worry about. Why don't you just follow your dreams and see where they lead you? And I'd also been blogging for about 10 years. So fashion's always been, you know, a real thing for me. Mm -hmm. And so I started my label in Fashion Week of 2015. And a friend gave me a location because I'm very bootstrappy. My mum's a teacher. My dad's an engineer. They're just very normal people. And so I just kind of had to get help where I could. And so, so we did a little show. And then from there, it just started building up. And so when people come to learn about me or come to learn about the label, they do get really invested because like you said, you can see the journey, you can see who's doing what. And it was really important for me as well to have an ethical label right out of the gate. So we make, you know, in London and then some pieces if it's custom or I've made wedding dresses as well. I also wow. do studios all in England. Um, and just to use fabrics that are either end of line remnant or fabrics that don't have as crazy an impact on the environment like linen. So that's just kind of what we are kids about. Just creating timeless pieces. I can wear them, my mum wears them. <laughs> you know, for cool and strong, conscious women, I guess. And I know you kind of got into it a little bit there with how it kind of came together. But I mean, how did you like first start off? I mean, from the get go, leaving, finding a studio, kind of having to be yeah. a little bit thrifty um, and then even thinking about the designing. And then, you know, obviously you eventually have had to kind of expand a little bit because yeah. you can't do everything yourself. 
the first collection, the one that I showed in Fashion Week, I did that at my kitchen table. I was wow. living in London with a flatmate and thankfully she was just very understanding. So she'd come home some days and just find me covered in thread, like, <laughs> like on a lining or something. Um, so that was, you know, that. And then I actually moved back home after a year because I was like, you haven't made it. Um, go home, save all the money you can and put it into the brand. So that's what I did. I went home and I was really lucky that I could obviously live with my parents. So everyone has that. And Northampton's only an hour out of London. So it was easy enough to come commute, buy fabric, see the factory, the whole bit. And that's what it was for a long time. And then my father actually now moved out of um, his house in Northampton. So I now use that as my studio. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I'm just taking over both of my parents' <laughs> lives, basically. <laughs> it's just what you have to do because... Um, you know having a studio is like very expensive and all these things and so for me it's not um I can't do this it's how do I make it work and that's just what I've come to do and even with the factory I remember um I was with one of my suppliers and I said to them oh I'm starting to get lots and lots of orders for my label I don't know what to do it's about like four years ago now and they're like oh we know this person and they just gave me his cards and I started working with him so all along my journey it really is the right people at the right time and asking questions like I'm very open to how can I help like what help do I need and just asking those questions and even you know you mentioned on size inclusivity um I'm a 12 14 but I'm an African woman so I'm used to a bigger body bum boobs hips like <laughs> all of my arts are always asking me to make them things and so even with that I often ask um you know on my labels Instagram page like guys what more do you want to see what other sizes should we include because it's very easy to only look in your own tunnel so a lot of it is learning using the resources you can in whatever way you can and asking people for help I mean you said there about the size inclusivity so what sizes do you go from you go from a 6 to a 24 at the moment mm -hmm. but I'm realizing that actually there are bigger sizes than a size 24 and so again mm. I need to really think about for autumn winter and also when it comes to um a lot of small labels, the reason why they may not do plus sizing is because you have to make separate patterns, have them graded. And so for some small labels, it is about funding. But for me, I'd say I've now gone back to the drawing board. So I might have a smaller offering, but then those sizes are there just to make it work because I'm a woman. And so I think it's important to cater to all women. And even if that means now going to a 10 piece collection is over 20 and being able to offer those pieces to more women and also having women of different sizes and colors wearing my pieces it's a really beautiful thing but also you're catering to a market that is there when i went and purchased um the a pink dress that you had up um you had a bit of a story in the description on the website as to like how you kind of came about that fabric and it was quite like out of surprise wasn't it you know so your supplier had said listen i've got this amazing fabric that i think you'll love um, again, that comes to having a personal relationship with people. So I'd made this um, white linen dress. It's called the Juliet dress after I'm mum because a couple of years yeah. ago, I took on holiday for her 50th and she had this idea for a dress she wanted. So basically, I stole the design from her. <laughs> um, and I'm not so paying her for it. <laughs> basically, it's your parents. Yeah, you're, they're the ones behind this. No, I'm joking. Basically, we really are kid, you know? Um, I just bought actually some white linen to do like another run. And then my supplier was like to me, hey, I've got this really hot pink, um, linen I think you'll really love it and he he was just talking it up to me I don't really do color I'm black white you might get silver because that's a neutral <laughs> and then I just knew that a lot of the women who buy we are Ken, and even my friends do want to see color so I thought guys first of all it's end of line so I've got 45 meters and I was just like listen I've got 45 meters of pink 
factory's ready to make it, what sizes do you need? And then, you know, lots of you just ordered the dress. Yeah. I'm starting to see all of you wearing it as well. Amazing. And so I guess, how does that work when you have, I mean, do you, when you're putting it up onto the website, because you mm-hmm. only have 45 meters and there's mm-hmm. obviously all different sizes and you yeah. can't, you don't know how many of what size you'll sell. Yeah. Do you just put up like a kind of rough certain amount and then kind of just judge it from there and say, if maybe you're going to run out of the fabric sooner than you thought that you might just, you know, kind of limit it a bit more. Um, with this, with the future, Julia, um, I actually put it on pre-order just because I was like, listen, if you don't get your size, that is that is between you and God. <laughs> um, because um, with sizes, it's very easy to think, oh yeah, I'll make this many, make this. But then again, it cuts people out, especially if you've only got a certain amount of fabric. And um, even from this, I am learning um, that if I offer more sizes, people will buy them. Like I was really surprised. And um, I had a lady email me actually, but hi, I'm a 30, can I get this dress? And we just had to make her her own dress, separate pattern, whole bit, because I was like, okay. So when it comes to next season, I'm then have that lady in mind to be like, I need to do something for her. Um, and so, yeah, I think pre-order is a really great tool to use if you're a small brand or if you've got small runs of fabric because you make it specifically for the people who've ordered it and then, Exactly. And I think when, once you have the support there from shoppers, you know, I think it's guaranteed. And I mean, what I really loved is because like, this is a, you know, a topic that is talked about so much. And I, I get a lot of, you know, my followers saying it's not easy for plus size women to shop sustainably. And it isn't. I mean, I was 16 to 18 and it's still, you know, as much as I don't get as much as say size mm. 10 or 12 gets, it's still, I get a lot more than sizes 18 plus get. And I do feel, um, I, it frustrates me, you know, but when I saw yours, I was like, that's amazing how inclusive you are. And also your pricing is, I think, really affordable because obviously, I mean, I think people kind of, you know, have this misconception that it's like, oh, but you know, I just want cheap clothes, but if cheap clothes come at a price. So the reason why, I mean, that dress I bought from you is 90 pounds. And I thought that was a really amazing, reasonable price, considering I know exactly where it's been made. I know that the fabric is really rare. It's, you know, you found it in this amazing way. Um, It's a sustainable piece. It's just, and I would just, you know, it was like, this is obviously it's a, you know, it's not really cheap, but I think it's a fair price considering you know exactly where it's come from and it's um, a more kind of sustainable option. But I do think that even your pricing in the sustainable world is really good. Um, Cause what I usually see is uh, you know, a lot, a lot heavier prices on sustainable fashion. So was that something you definitely considered? Um, for sure. I really wanted to have a label that was as affordable as I could make it. So it does mean that, you know, my dad's house as a studio instead of having one and just certain little costs like that but again I don't think a dress should come at the cost of someone's life and I hate to get preachy about it but I do often say like even now recently the scandals we've had with fast fashion not paying people in the UK enough mm. money these are people that are our neighbours let alone the people in countries that are so far flung you know we can't point at them at the map <clears throat> I think it's really important to spend more but like less often mm-hmm. just so you can get those really key pieces that you can cherish but also it also um works into wastage because you're not going to throw anything away because you really thought about your purchase and considered it you are going to keep it a lot longer mm-hmm. but again that comes into privilege because obviously just having let's say 90 pounds to buy a dress isn't something that a lot of people have but i think of course you do the best that you can in whatever way sustainability is not just oh i'm buying ethical clothing it's also 
where you shop and how you're shopping for food and things like that. So there are lots of ways to be, I think, sustainable and to really think about the earth. But for me, as a brand owner, yet another fashion brand, I was like, this has to be something that is good. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess what are your, I mean, how is it all going for you with COVID, obviously? I mean, it is great that you have, you work your, do you work by yourself, I assume, right? Yeah. So it's kind of okay. But um, so how is it all going for you at the moment? It was really scary in the beginning of um, March because that's when we we're about to do a different spring summer collection. I'd had all the patterns graded and then the factory shut. And then I was just like, okay, well, at least we haven't like gone into production. I don't know any more money. Yeah. I think this is going to be like a hard period for the label and then we'll come back in autumn winter. And then with everything that happened with um, George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of people started speaking about We Are Kin again. And the collection that's actually out now is last summer's collection. So we just had to quickly remake that once the factory opened again. And um, people were trying to support black owned businesses and a lot of the support and actually a lot of following came from that time period. So while I suppose the earth was burning in a way, mm -hmm. in another way, um, it kind of gave me hope again. And so sales started coming in for the previous collection and then we've just been pushing it from then. So again, we skipped a lot of wastage because if we'd made that collection, in early March it may not have resonated as much as this one has and so mm -hmm. I was just prepared to honestly just have the worst summer business-wise but come back later and it's just been a real blessing I guess. Oh that's really great to hear because I know it is it's not easy for creatives um, at all right now from you know fashion to art to music it is really tough so I'm really really happy to hear things are going well for you. Uh, so what is the plan for a new collection in the future then? Um, I'm really, really excited for you guys to see autumn winter. Every season I do do a bit of tailoring. So actually this season I've got a really nice linen suit. But I'm oh really yes, excited. I love suits. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with suits right now. I'm like, yes, love it. You just feel so strong, don't you? And you've got you a do. really great jacket on or just a, a pair of pants that I made to you to your size. You just feel capable as a woman. Um, and um, I've got a really exciting coat as well for the winter. So I'm really excited for the next stage. And again, having more eyes on the label just means more people will be wearing it and seeing it and being kin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the name come from, actually? So I started the label We Are Kin with, you know, the name We Are Kin because I just wanted to work with like-minded people because I think people who think um, the way that I do about the earth are like kin to me. So um, the graphic designer who made my logo, um, the photographer I work with each season, the models that we work with, they're all people who I really admire and think of as kin, but also our customers as well because you're shopping a sustainable label, you're shopping a certain way. It looks, it all looks a certain way. And I think that there's a real heart to it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that was the reason. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for chatting with me. This was just such a lovely chat. And I'm such, I just love when I find, you know, an independent designer that I just, you know, kind of fall in love with. And I did straight away when I found you. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. And if anyone wants to find We Are Kin, uh, it's at We Are Kin on Instagram, right? wearekin.co on Instagram and www.wearekin.co online as well. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. Coming up in my next episode, I chat to another very inspiring woman, investigative journalist at Glamour UK, former editor at Vogue and Mashable and formerly of BBC and RTE, Anne-Marie Tomchuk. 
She has a very inspiring CV, as you've just heard there, and she talks to me about working in fashion when fashion is rapidly changing as we know it. If I, I think back to even five years ago, um, the idea of sustainable fashion, I think often felt like it was the preserve of the elite. I'll talk to you then.